Hey, this is Steve with Life Worth Living. You know, my dad said something recently that just made a huge impact on me. And what he said was this, our prayers should be used for God to influence us instead of us using our prayers to influence God. Now that, that concept has led to all kinds of insights into what might be the core root of any problem that we have in life we are constantly trying to influence God instead of spending our time allowing him to influence us. And here's what I'm finding. As I let God influence me and I listen to what he says and I take hold of it and I believe it, his influence on my life changes everything. And I could list those things out, but I will just make that general statement that it changes everything when we allow God to influence us, influence our thoughts, influence our plans, influence our fears, everything. So listen in and find out how God's influence in our lives pulls us closer to him. We're going to do some soul searching today we did last Sunday. And so you're going to take this three by five card. I'm going to give you some soul searching questions. Um, and then on Wednesday night, we're going to del- dig deeper into those soul searching questions as well. But here goes. Let God's influence pull you closer to God. Have you ever heard, and I'm sure you have, have you ever heard of an influencer in society? An influencer? Uh, somebody, especially on social media, that's influencing our YouTube, that's influencing millions of people, all right? How about God as an influencer in your life, all right? There's politicians also. Some, for some of the older folks, we would say an influencer is a politician. For some of the younger folks, it's somebody that you're going to see on TV, typically on social media, influencing you. You know, the greatest influencer of all times is God Almighty, whose son is Jesus Christ. Now, we, we have an outreach at Youth for Christ at Irvin High School, and we talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. Al, can you imagine? I'm, we're in a public high school talking about Jesus, talking about the Bible. The students are leading in prayer. They're reading their Bibles in a public high school. Man, just a few years ago, that would have been unheard of. But the doors in El Paso are wide open in almost every high school, possibly every public high school, for Jesus to be preached during school hours. Blows my mind, but we're there. And we tell them, man, I tell you, that's right. We tell them, Sister Kay, I'm not going to forget what my announcement. I need to remember to do that. But listen to me. Jesus is the biggest influencer and has to be the biggest influence in our life. All right, so let's look at this. His influence pulls us closer to him a month of deeper devotion to God. We're going to be in Romans 8. We'll shoot up the, uh, we'll throw this up on the screen, but you can also follow in your Bibles. Romans 8, Romans 8 verse 4, it says, so that the righteous and just requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live our lives in the ways of the flesh. Now look at this, guided or influenced by worldliness or our sinful nature. All right? But we have our lives in the ways of the Spirit. In other words, guided or influenced by God's power. If I were to have a little pie chart up here, 
what percentage of your life is influenced by Jesus? You can answer that question if you think about it long enough. The way you figure this out is how much time do you spend thinking and talking to Jesus? That's how much you're influenced by God, all right? So let's say you're a person who comes to church faithfully Sunday mornings. You come here, you listen, and that's all you do. And I'm not putting you down because I've been that. I've been there before, been there, done that. That's how much influence God has in your life. Now, if you're a person who comes to church on Sundays and then you open up your Bible and you spend five or ten minutes a day reading the Bible, you're influenced a little bit more by Jesus. Now, let's say that you're a person that comes to church, you read your Bible, and then you spend a little bit of time in your, in your car on your way to work and you're talking to God and you're listening to God. You're influenced a little bit more by Jesus. Or let's say that you're a person that says, I want to be obedient to God. I want to listen to his voice throughout the day while I'm typing on my computer, while I'm mopping the floor, while I'm washing the dishes. I want to be obedient to Jesus. You're you're influenced even more. See, God wants to influence your life. And let me tell you, the people who say, God, influence me. Come on, God, influence my thoughts, my actions, my reactions. Their lives are totally different from people who are not influenced at all by God. Be influenced by God, and he's going to pull you in closer and closer to himself, and your life is going to be so much better off. Let's look at this. All right, before I read the next scripture, have you ever heard of someone who's under the influence? You know, under the influence of what? Well, under the influence of either drink, drinking or drugs, alcohol or drugs. They're under the influence. You watch these cop, these cop shows, you know, of somebody getting chased down by the cops, and it turns out they were under the influence of drugs. All right? When someone is under the influence of alcohol or drugs, how good is their life? Tell me. You tell me. Is their, dr- is their life good or is it bad? It's bad. It's horrible. It's terrible. All right? God wants you to be under his influence, not the influence of opioids or sleeping pills. He wants you to be under his influence, praise God, so that your life can be better. Look, we're going to the next verse in Romans 8. It says, for those who are living according, in other words, under the influence of their own flesh. What is flesh? In in the Bible, it's talking about your selfish self. Do you have a selfish self that's just thinking about you, 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 and that selfish self gets you into trouble, all right? The person who lives under the influence of their own flesh sets their minds, that means their thoughts, on the things of the flesh, the things that gratifies their fleshly desires. But those who live according, in other words, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, they set their minds on the things of the Spirit, of God's will, of God's purpose. Let God start influencing you just a little bit, just a tiny bit. You don't even have to go all out. Just say, God, I want you to influence me a little more this week than last week. God is perfectly fine with baby steps. And thank goodness, because that's all I can take are little, tiny, infant baby steps. And I bet you're no different. (laughs) Take a baby step this week and say, God, would you influence me a little more this week than last week? Because I'm going to let you do it, God. 
Your life starts changing for the better when you do this. All right? You know what we need? This is, this is hard. It shouldn't be hard, but it is. We need to start craving more things from heaven than craving things here on earth. All right? I crave good street tacos. I crave them. There's nothing like a taco from El Cometa. Oh, man, you roll that, that taco up. It's uh, al pastor. Tacos al pastor. Oh, man, you roll that up. You get some of their pico, the, the guy on there, and you eat that. It's the best thing in the world. Some people that are weirdos, they crave Chico's tacos. I don't know what's wrong with those people. But you know what? We all have cravings. We all have cravings. We need to crave things from heaven. When was the last time that you craved something from heaven? Well, the first thought you might say is, well, I don't know. What are you talking about? Crave what from heaven? You know what comes from heaven is peace, as an example. Do you crave peace in your life? Then you crave something from heaven. Some people, their marriages are anything but peaceful. And those poor people are saying, God, I just wish I had a little peace from heaven because I'm not getting it in this marriage relationship of mine right now. If that's you, I'm sorry, but some of you have wonderful marriages. But we all crave happiness. Don't you crave happiness? The source of happiness is not money. It's not a position at work. It's not success. Happiness comes from heaven. You're craving something from heaven when you crave happiness. All right? So we need to crave stuff from heaven. And look at this in Jeremiah 33.3. This is probably my verse for the year for me in 2022 because I have been craving more from heaven than ever before. And I still have a long ways to go, but I've been praying this prayer. God, I call to you. And I know that you're going to answer me. Please, God, tell me something that I don't know. Teach me something that I'm missing in my life. Show me things that I don't know, great and hidden things that I don't know. And I know that your word says that you will tell those to me, that you will reveal to me things that I don't know. You guys, there's a lot of things we don't know. The minute you think you're a know-it-all, you're headed for a downfall. The people who've been in church in the longest are probably the people in the most dangerous position because they say, I've been there, I've heard that. I don't, you know, but the person that's new to Jesus, they're going to say, give me more, God. Give me more. I'm hungry for more of you, God. Show me things that I don't know. Crave things from heaven. You know what? then you'll start being influenced by God when you have that kind of attitude. He starts influencing you because you're asking, you're flinging wide the doors of your heart. You're saying, Jesus, come in and show me cool things. Show me blessed things that I don't know. In Romans 8, 6, we're going down still in Romans 8. It says, now the mind of the flesh, the one that's influenced by the natural materialistic things, all right, is death both now and forever, because it pursues sin. But the mind of the Spirit, the mind that's influenced by the divine, the mind that's craving things from heaven, is life and peace. Some of you have been wondering, how can I get more peace in my life? How can I be more joyful? How can I be more successful in life? 
Start letting God influence you. Influence your thoughts, man. Give him some opportunity, some time, so that he can influence your life like never before. And you know what? That's, that life and that peace, it's spiritual well-being that comes from walking with God. Do you walk with God? I know you probably get tired of, of me saying, giving this example, but it's so rich. It's so good for me. I take walks with God throughout the week. Literally. I go out on a walk, and now it's getting hot, so i got to get up kind of early for this to be profitable. Otherwise, I'm sweating and miserable. But get up early in the morning and take a walk with God and talk to God and listen to God and let him influence your life. Influence your life, man. All right, so the mind of the flesh is death, all right? What is death? What are are some signs that you're dying? (laughs) All right, I'm not talking about arthritis or going bald or no, what are some signs that you're dying? Doubt. All right? Do you doubt a lot? Do you doubt God or do you believe God? That's a sign that your mind is in the flesh. It's in the materialistic, it's in the natural, it's in the limited of this the limitations of this world. Do you think negative thoughts? Oh, my life's never going to work out. My, I'm never going to get a promotion. I'm never going to be successful. I'm, not, I'm never going to find a spouse. I'm never going to have anything good happen to me. That's negative thinking, and that's the mind of the flesh. You're being influenced by negativity instead of being influenced by the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you know what the Lord Jesus Christ is saying? I have that right partner for you. I have the right job for you. I have a promotion for you. I have success in store for you. Don't be influenced by negativity. Kick those negative thoughts out of your mind and listen to what Jesus is telling you. Because I tell you what, you listen to God, he's going to tell you something positive, guaranteed. Unless, of course, you're headed in the wrong direction, then he's going to get in the way and say, if you don't turn around, bucko, bad things are going to start happening to you. I'll never forget talking to a good friend of mine that I'd known for a long time. I still know him to this day. And I told him, buddy, if you don't get your life turned around, something bad is going to happen to you. Because it was. He was heading the wrong direction. My friend didn't listen to me. And something bad did happen to him. And that bad thing has continued in his life to this very day. So God does get in front of you and say, if you're going the wrong direction, turn around. But if you turn around, he promises you life and joy and prosperity and peace. Let God influence you. Don't let negativity, don't let fear, don't let pessimism. Do you ever wake up in the morning and think, oh, something bad's going to happen this week. I just feel it. Feel it in my bones. Something bad's going to happen to me. And God said, no, it's not. Listen to me because something good is going to happen to you this week. Listen to Jesus. Let him influence your thoughts. God's thoughts towards you are life. They're good. They're prosperous. Are you going to have problems in your life? Of course you are. Every Christian has problems and suffering in their life. But they walk through it with their heads held high, with a knowledge that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to bring them through into a higher place. The mind of the Spirit, on the other hand, is life and peace, influenced to believe. If God promises you something, don't you think he's going to keep his promise to you? 
Isn't he going to do what he said he's going to do? If he promised you a job, if he promised to take care of your needs, if he promised he's going to take care of that child or that grandchild that's going the wrong direction, he is going to keep his promise. Believe God. God influences you to believe. Let me tell you what. When you believe and don't doubt, you feel so relieved. You feel so relaxed. You feel loose. You know that God's going to take care of it. That's called trust and rest. And God influences you to trust him, to rest in him, to believe God. His his influence over you is going to give you positive thoughts. You're going to be bold and courageous, not weak and wimpy and scared. You're going to expect and be hopeful. Every morning you're going to get up and expect, you know what, God, you're going to do something good today for me. See, that's God's influence in your life instead of believing negativity. All right, so look at this. Now Romans 8, 7. The mind of the flesh, okay, we're starting to get the picture here. The mind of the flesh is pretty bad news. And we're also starting to, it's resonating with us. I live with a fleshly mind all the time, don't you? I live thinking negative thoughts and doubtful thoughts all the time. The mind of the flesh and its sinful pursuits is actively hostile to God. It does not submit itself to God's law since it cannot. Now look at this. What does it mean to be hostile towards God? And let me ask you this question. Can a born-again Christian be hostile towards God? I agree. He, He or she can. You know how I know? Because I have been and tend to be hostile towards God. What is hostility towards God? Listen to these words. It's suspicious of God. If you're hostile towards God, you have a mind that's, that's influenced by the flesh, and you're suspicious of God. Have you ever been suspicious of God? Saying, God, I don't know if you really do what you say you're going to do. And you have little thoughts like, why did God create the devil if he loves me so much? Why did God let this bad thing happen in my life? I'm suspicious of God. Does he really love me as much as he? That's suspicion. And that's a mind that's hostile towards God and being influenced by something other than God. Because when, you when you're influenced by God, you're not suspicious of him. Here's another term of hostility towards God. It's, it's somebody who blames God. And can I be honest with you? This week, I blamed God for something. This week, all right? It's so easy to blame God for the bad stuff that goes on in our hearts. But that's hostility towards God. Don't blame God. It's not God's fault. Most often, it's my fault. And it's definitely the devil's fault. And sometimes, it's just random stuff that happens to us. But it's not God's fault. Stop blaming God, all right? A hostile, a hostile mind towards God, distrust God, doubts God, won't be influenced by his peace or his word. Have you ever been in a situation where God is trying to give you peace and you say, no, I'm not gonna take your peace. I'd rather be miserable in my lack of peace right now. Have you ever done that before? Of course, we all have. You refuse God's peace. That's a mind that's hostile towards God. You need to let the peace of God rule in your hearts and minds through Christ. Let it 
allow it to influence you. Let the peace of God influence you. And you know what? When you're hostile towards God, you're distant from God. And today's message is all about letting God influence you to bring you closer to God. In Galatians 5.25, it says, Since then, we live by the Spirit. Let's keep in step with the Spirit, all right? So if I'm walking with my wife, which I love to do, and we take hands and we hold hands, aren't we going to have to kind of keep in step with each other? (laughs) Yeah. You take God's hand and say, all right, you're going to start influencing me. You're going to start keeping in lockstep with him. There's a term, you know, technical term where you sync up. You sync up with a cloud. You sync up your contacts on your phone. You need to sync up with God (laughs) and let him start downloading his peace into your mind. Keep in step with God, with the spirit of God. And he, his spirit is going to start influencing you. All right, so I have a going to sound like I have a lot of friends today because I'm going to refer to a lot of friends. But here's another friend that I had, all right? This friend got out of control financially. He was spending money left and right, wasn't, didn't have a personal budget. And he came to the realization, I've got to get a grip on my finances. So he started listening to this guy named Dave Ramsey's. Maybe you've heard of him. And my friend, he would listen to Dave Ramsey every day of the week. Every day. He, on the way to work, on the way home, he would turn on Dave Ramsey's and just listen and listen and listen about finance, being conservative with his finances. Listen and listen and listen. You know what he was trying to do? He was trying to be influenced by Dave Ramsey's. And then another guy I was watching on YouTube, he, this guy admitted, he said, I listen to Tony Robbins four to six hours a day. Now, Tony Robbins is not anybody I would listen to, and I would encourage you not to listen to him either. But he has kind of a positive message, humanistic message. You can do it, and he has a lot of other crazy thoughts as well. But the point is, is this guy was trying to be influenced by Tony Robbins. So he listened four to six hours a day. You know how much time that is? What if you and I listen to God just one hour a day? The God of the universe. Wouldn't that start changing your mindset? Wouldn't you start thinking differently and seeing things differently and having a different perspective? I'm telling you, God beats Dave Ramsey's and Tony Robbins hands down. He wants to be close to you, and you and I should want to be close to him. Are you going to do what it takes to be influenced by God? He's going to change you dramatically. He's going to take you from down there to up here. He's going to change you. Let yourself be influenced by God. You know, I, I cannot handle watching the news anymore. Whether Fox News or CNN, I don't care which, if you're liberal or conservative, they both drive me completely bonkers, all right? Both sides drives me completely, uh, it's just bashing and bashing, but the level of influence that somebody that sits there and listens to the news all day, every day, the level of influence that exerts over their, their attitude and their demeanor and their feelings has got to be, astron- you got to just walk around angry all the time because of what you hear on those news channels. Listen to God. 
Listen to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's going to influence you for good. He's going to influence you for good. The Bible says in Psalms 91.1, it says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High God, influenced by God, listening to God, feeling the safety of God, will rest in the shadow of the Almighty God. Now, I'll tell you what, you know how close, I'm sorry I'm using my wife so much as an example, but you know how close I want to be my wife? I want so close that her shadow comes over me. Like that close is how close. That's how close I want to be the Lord Jesus Christ so that his big shadow is covering me. Would you let yourself be influenced by God so that you can be close to him? Would you take, just exert a little bit more effort this week than you have before? And God's influence is going to influence you more and more and more. And the peace of God is going to overtake you. And his power, his authority, his strength is going to influence your life. So live in God's influence and you will be so close to him that you'll be under his shadow. That's the place that I want to be. So let me give you four tests today. Four tests that you can test yourself and see if you are, in fact, being influenced by God. All right? Let's go through these, and, and let's see what you think. Here's the first test. All right? Be brutally honest with yourself. Don't blow this off and say, oh, this isn't right. No. Assess yourself today. <laughs> Assess yourself based on these tests. The first one is this. Are you influenced by God's law? Now, listen to me. I'm not talking about the Ten Commandments. I'm not talking about God's law from that perspective. I'm talking about the law of the Spirit, the law of grace in your life. That's the law that I'm going to be talking about here. Just as a couple of examples, in Romans 8.1, it says, Therefore, there's no condemnation for those who are in union with the Messiah Jesus. All right? So, let's see if this is you. Do you struggle with condemnation and shame about things that you've done or maybe are doing right now? Or do you get over here and you say, you know what? There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I live with no regrets because when I look back on my history, all I see is Jesus covering all my mistakes. All right? Which one are you? Are you influenced more by condemnation or are you influenced by the law of the spirit of God's grace in your life. Only you know, all right? This will tell you how much you're being influenced by Jesus and how much you're being influenced by outside sources or by your own selfish self. Look at this one. In Ephesians 2.16, it says, Know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in, in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. So if you talk to someone, you're t- telling them about Jesus and what a, what a powerful God you serve, and and. They tell you, you know what, I'm not a bad person. I haven't killed anybody. I haven't done anything bad. You know what you'd tell them is say, hey, whether you're a good person or a bad person has no effect with how God sees you. All right? Your good works will not get you into heaven. Your good works will not get you closer to God. 
Only God's righteousness will draw you closer to God. So you, you look to God and you say, God, would you justify me? Would you make it just as if I never did anything wrong? Would you justify me, God? The enemy's always whispering into your ear and saying, you got to be a good person for God to love you. And that is simply not the truth. God loves you and wants you to come to him as you are, as messed up as you might be, as messed up as I am, and he accepts you just like you are, and he makes you righteous in that state of unrighteousness. But it takes faith in God. you got to come to God and say, God, would you make me righteous? So is, does that influence you, or are you striving to prove yourself to God and striving to earn something from God? That's going to show if you're being influenced by God or not. Let go of your righteousness and take hold of God's righteousness, and you'll be influenced by him. Here's one last example that I'll show you in this first test, and it's pride and selfishness results in a downfall. Now, this month, our wonderful country is celebrating pride, all right, gay pride. I'll tell you what. The most dangerous word and the most dangerous thing, thing you can celebrate, whatever it is, is pride. <laughs> pride comes before a fall. So whether you're celebrating homosexuality or you're celebrating the pride of something else, pride is a horrible thing that's going to result in your downfall. All right? How much is that influencing? I'm, I'm a proud American. Uh, No, I'm not. (laughs) I want to be a humble American. I want to be a humble person, all right? Because pride goes before a fall. How much is God influencing your life? If you're a prideful person, he's not influencing you much at all. But if you're a humble person, you can be sure God's spirit is influencing you. Be humble. Don't be proud. All right, so here's a second test, all right? And it's kind of along the same lines, but hear me out, okay? Which law influences you more? The laws of the United States or the law of the Spirit of God? Tell me, which laws influence you the most? I was talking to someone, I can't remember, it was probably about abortion, but I can't remember exactly what it was. And that person said, hey, the laws of our country allows this. I was like, hey, the law of heaven doesn't allow this. All right. So which laws influence you more? The laws of this country or the state or the law of the spirit of God? This is a good test for us as Christians because the the thoughts of this world are in infiltrating the church and messing up Christians and making them believe something that shouldn't be believed in. Let me give you some very pertinent open examples that I don't care if anybody is offended by or not because I believe the Bible is inspired truth of God and we need to live by it. And this country is going farther and farther down the tracks away from God. And you as a Christian and me as a Christian, we better stand strong in the beliefs that God has given us in his word. Look at this. Some states have legalized drugs, but God's law hasn't legalized drugs. (laughs) All right. I don't care. If you're in Denver, Colorado, and you can smoke marijuana, it still goes against what God has called for your life. He doesn't want you to compromise your ability to stay in control, whether through drugs or alcohol. His law is that you stay sane of mind, serious, sober, 
All right? Our laws permit abortion. Hopefully that's about to change. But God's law does not. Does not. Now, let me tell you what. If you've had an abortion, Jesus still loves you. He cares for you. The past is the past. It's covered by the blood of Jesus. All I'm talking about is your decisions going forward are, I'm going to trust God with this beautiful life, and he's going to take care of it. Do you hear me? All right. Our laws permit sex outside of marriage. Anybody, you can go have sex wherever you want to, with whoever you want to, as long as it's consensual. The laws of this country allow for that, but not God's law. God's law says the only time sex is permitted is within the confines of marriage. Hey, there's a big rub there, right? <laughs> there's a big rub there. This, the laws of this country allow for same-sex marriage, but not the law of God. Which side are you on? Don't let your opinions vacillate. Who is influencing you the most? The laws of this country or God's law? That's the second test. Here's a third test. How do you view the purpose of your prayers? And this is a big one that God has been convicting me and, and challenging me with. And get this. When you pray, do you pray to influence God? Or do you pray for God to influence you? <laughs> That's a big one, man. Because I would say the vast majority of us, the vast majority of times we pray, we're always trying to influence God. God, give me this. God, heal me of that. God, give me a job. God, save this person. God, heal that person. God, do this. God, don't do that. God, do the other. You know what? We need to use prayer for God to influence us. And I've used this example many times, but when you go to prayer, don't go with your list all written out. Go with your list blank and say, God, you give me your list today. I want you to do what you want to do. And that's what the Lord's Prayer is. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, show me what you want. Hey, that's a tough one, isn't it? <laughs> I think that's tough. That's, that's hard to say, God, your will be done. But I challenge you this week, spend five minutes not asking God for a single thing, and saying, God, what do you want? What do you want? You know? And let me get an agreement with you instead of trying to pull God. Come on, God. You can do it. You can do it. I, can. I know you can do it. No, stop it. And say, God, what do you want to do? When do you want to do it? See, that's a big difference. And that's a test of whether you're trying to influence God or God is actively influencing you. We spend our time demanding of God, begging God, reciting prayers to God. <laughs> I, go, I go in the park walking with God like I told you about in the mornings and I hear these pitiful people. They're pitiful. There's just reciting the same prayer. Oh, I hear them. I mean, I'm not making this up. They got a little recording and they're saying the same prayer over and over and over and over again. That's not relationship with God. That's dead religion. You recite a prayer to God, you shut down, God shuts down. All right? Talk to God from your heart. It's undoubtedly how God wants us to be. And so let's spend our time praying, doing three things primarily, listening to God, waiting for God, and watching for God, for the power of God in our lives. But here's the fourth I'll end with this. The fourth 
test, and it's this. The strength of your faith will tell you if you are being influenced by God or not. So I sent out a text this last week, and whoever gets text saw it. Your faith can be weak. It can be strong. It can be growing. It can be shrinking. I don't know about you, but I want my faith to grow stronger and stronger and stronger. So the strength of your faith will show you if you are being influenced by God or not. Do you have trouble believing God? Maybe, and I'm speaking to myself here, maybe you have trouble even believing in God. I do. I have trouble believing in God sometimes, especially whenever the pressures are caving in on me and I am hopeless. I'm like, is there even a God? I mean, those thoughts cross my mind frequently. All right? To believe in God, you have to allow him to start influencing your thoughts. You have to. You can't believe God and hold his influence away from your life. So whenever I'm weak in my faith, then I go to God and I say, God, just influence me. I'm not going to try to believe. I'm not going to try to have faith. I'm just going to say, God, influence me right now. In fact, I view it as this. My heart, my life is a deep, deep, deep pool of water. And the Bible describes it this way, all right? Your heart and your life is a deep, deep pool of water, and there's so much complexity down there. There's, like, you know, experiences you've had, doubts that you have, strongholds that are down there, and to get to the depths of your heart is a challenging thing. But I'll tell you, the deepest part of your heart is what you allow to be influenced by whoever. And so I picture myself as this, as, a, as I've got my scuba gear on, and I'm swimming down to the very depths, the complexities of my heart, at the very, very bottom of my heart. I say, God, down here, influence me. This is a bottom line thing. Influence me today however you want to influence me. And then faith starts springing up, and I can finally start believing what God has promised me. And believing that he is who he is. And that he does what he says he's going to do. And that he loves me. And that he's going to take care of me. Let God influence you. Instead of your fears. Instead of your doubts. Instead of your experiences. Let God influence you. And your faith will be far stronger. Are your fears influencing you more than God? Are your own plans and desires influencing you more than God? Is your busy routine influencing you more than God? It's a lady in the Bible that let herself of being over, her sense of being overwhelmed influence her more than God. Her name was Martha. And, uh, and Martha was getting ready for Jesus to come over to her house. The story in the Bible, an event in the Bible. And she went to Jesus and she said, can you tell my stupid sister to please help me out? Because her sister was just sitting at the feet of Jesus listening to him while Martha was getting the kitchen ready and the living room ready and getting the food ready. And Jesus said, you know what? Leave her alone. I'm influencing her right now. And what I'm giving her, no one will ever be able to take away. Do you ever feel overwhelmed? I do. Feel overwhelmed by work, by problems, by frustrations, whatever. Let God influence you and you'll stop feeling overwhelmed by life because you'll believe God. I'm going to end with one last thought here in Matthew 5, 5. Jesus says, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek.
All right, so I looked up this word meek, and my dad preached on the word meek. And meek is not weak, all right? Meek doesn't mean weak. We associate it with that. But meek, the picture of a meek person is a stallion, a horse, a racing horse under the control of the jockey. That horse has explosive power, but that horse has decided to come under the authority of the jockey. And in a horse race, and I'm not a big horse aficionado or anything like that, but if that horse loses its jockey and and crosses the finish line before every other horse, it doesn't win. It's been disqualified. If you get to the end of your life and you don't have Jesus in authority over you, you lose. You need his influence in your life and over you every day, every minute of every day, so that you can begin to win in life and eventually win after life. Does that make sense? Let's pray before we looked at some of these questions. And I'm going to ask Jesse, if you would, to pick up some of these cards here and hand one out to everybody. We're going to do some soul searching. I know, kind of unusual in church. Yeah, just one for everybody, if you want. Um, Soul searching. You know, why would we spend this 30 minutes talking about this stuff if it's not going to change you, if you're not going to do something with it? So we want you to do something with what you've heard today. And we're going to have these questions, but first let's pray as these cards are being distributed. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Heavenly Father, because, Lord, your influence in our lives is everything. Truly is everything. Lord, we're influenced by comparing ourselves to other people. What a shame. What a tragedy because you made us unique and the best version of ourselves possible. Lord, why would we compare ourselves to anybody else? Or, Lord Jesus, we let frustrations influence our lives. What a tragedy to let fear and frustration influence our lives instead of God Almighty. Lord, a lot of us allow regrets and shame and condemnation to influence our lives, when in reality we should just be letting the Spirit of God, the forgiveness of God, influence our lives more than anything else. So Lord God, I pray today, God, as as we do some soul searching, that we would be brutally honest with ourselves. Lord, no, but we're not going to take up these cards. This is incredibly private. Lord, it's, it's just for us. Lord, that we would be brutally honest with ourselves as we answer these important questions and that we would do something this week as a result of this learning process. And we thank you, God, for it. In your name I pray. Amen. So let's look at these questions. I've got them up here on the screen. I'd like you to write down your thoughts. We're going to take some time. We're doing good this morning. We missed our, our youth um, band there at a, at a wedding this, this weekend. So we have plenty of time. Look at this. Who or what would you consider the greatest influence in your life? Who or what? I want you to really, really think about this. Don't, don't blow this exercise off. This is for you, all right? Who or what would you consider the greatest influence in your life? Think about that. And that's tough, you know? You may have had, this is strange, but you may have had an alcoholic father or mother, and it was a bad influence, but they influenced your life. So I'm not just talking about a positive influence. It could have been an extremely negative influence. But who would you consider the greatest influence in your life? And it may not be a who. It may be a what. It may be an an event, you know. 
Some person may have had an accident that paralyzed them for life, and that's their greatest influence. That event was their defining moment in their life. So it's not just a who, it could be a what. It could be an event. You may have been adopted. I'm just throwing out scenarios here. And that the fact that you went through foster care influenced your life more than anything else. All right, the second question here is, what is the most, or, or what are the most important things in your life? And I want you to define them this way. It's based on the time and energy that you spend on these things. Could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. But my goodness, we spend so much time on stuff <laughs> that we shouldn't be spending time on. Just out of control, the amount of time we spend on things. But based on time and energy, what are the most important things to you in your life? And this is where you have to be brutally honest. Look at your calendar. Look at your time. This is something you can take home with you and you can work on this week as well. But where do you spend most of your time? And why? Why do you spend so much time on this stuff? There's obviously an influence that's making this thing incredibly important to you. And you need to do some soul searching and say, what on earth is causing me to put such a premium on this thing? What is it? Dig down deep, swim down deep into your heart and find out what is influencing your time and your energy so much. All right, and then the third question, I'll shut up here in just a second, is how can you begin to let God be a greater influence in your life? And instead of shooting for the greatest influence in your life, it's progressive. How can you make him a greater influence in your life than he was last week? You can make progress these next seven days on this stuff. How can you let God be a greater influence in your lives? 